Have you ever been to San Francisco? It might be California, but it's certainly not warm. I went in April and it was cold as fuck. I was not prepared and I had to buy an overpriced sweater at a gift shop. Side note, it's also very smelly because of the sea lions, but they're cute, so it's okay. Kind of like cleaning your cat's litter box. Cuteness trumps grossness. I'm convinced that's why kids are allowed to be so smelly all the time. Welcome to the creepiest sleepover. I'm Kat, and as previously mentioned, I have a big ol' fear of the ocean, so escaping from Alcatraz would be nigh impossible for me. There are sharks in there, y'all. I'm not trying to get eaten. A teeny bit of history about Alcatraz. It was quote-unquote discovered by the Spanish and named La Isla de los Alcatraces, I hope I'm saying that right, which loosely translates to Island of the Pelicans. Cute. It was basically a fortress, but used as a prison dating all the way back to the 1830s. The building that is now known as the former Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary was built in 1912, and the U.S. government started using it as a federal penitentiary in the 1930s. They claim that no one has successfully escaped, although there were 14 escape attempts by 36 different prisoners. 23 were caught alive and brought back, Six were shot and killed in their escape attempts, two drowned, and five are listed as missing or presumed dead. Um, missing sort of means they kind of escaped, right? I mean, even if they died, they're not there anymore, so they technically escaped. For some excellent post-prison knowledge about Alcatraz, I highly recommend the documentary Escape to Alcatraz which documents the occupation of the island by Native Americans in a struggle to get the land turned back over to the Indigenous Americans. It's a really, really good documentary. The prisoners who managed to escape or possibly die were Frank Lee Morris, who basically lived in prison. He was at Alcatraz because he managed to escape so many other prisons. John and Clarence Anglin were brothers who were serving time for bank robbery. They met Morris in prison in Atlanta and got sent to Alcatraz also for trying to escape. Alan West was also a co-conspirator, but he failed in his escape and got left behind. To escape from Alcatraz would take a lot of work and effort, and they all knew that. But Morris was apparently of, quote, superior intelligence. I love that they describe criminals like that, like they're also goddamn smart. At least in this case, these guys weren't murderers or anything, I guess. And together with his three fellow inmates, they came up with a ridiculously elaborate plan that involved paper mache. Stick with me. Alcatraz is a little over a mile away from San Francisco, so far, but not too far. I think maybe the prison guards and warden had a little hubris about it because they seem really nonchalant and not very observant through all of this. Morris decided that he didn't want to be in prison anymore and enlisted the help of the Anglin brothers and West. Of course, being a prison, they all had jobs to do, and they ended up doing work that would very much help them in their escape attempt. First off, Morris and West got jobs on the maintenance team because Alcatraz had some serious wear and tear on it. It was an old-ass building already, and there were cracks everywhere and shit. 
Honestly, I'm kind of surprised it's still standing today. Through his maintenance work, West found out that there was one ventilation grate on the roof above cell block B that was possibly not covered by concrete like the others were. Seems like a serious oversight if you don't want anyone to escape. So the first bit of hubris from prison administration is that when Morris, West, and the Anglin brothers requested a move to cells adjacent to one another in Block B, it was approved. Like they're requesting a new hotel room or something. Oh, I'm sorry, the view from this particular cell just isn't aesthetically pleasing to my criminal senses, so could I please get a new cell? Oh, and I'd like my friends nearby too, so I have someone to chat with. Thanks in advance. (laughs) <laughs> you dumb fucks. So the buddies got to hang out in adjacent cells, and West gave them another little nugget of helpful information. Above their cells was a hidden landing. They just had to find a way to get to it. Once again, West comes through. The walls around the ventilation grates in their cells was only about six inches thick. They made some crude tools out of things like spoons stolen from the cafeteria and punched holes into the walls surrounding the grates. They would do this during, wait for it, happy hour. Yup, the prison had a happy hour, during which they were allowed to play instruments and generally fuck around, provided they stayed in their cells. They used the cover of the Sound of Instruments, which I assume was pretty cacophonous, to punch these holes. They covered their handiwork with their own musical instruments, or other random shit that they were apparently allowed to have in their cells. They used these to get to the hidden landing, which West managed to hide by convincing the guards to hang blankets because the maintenance work was sending dust to the ground floor. In actuality, they spent months working on this landing, constructing tools, including a periscope that they would use to keep watch to aid in their escape. These tools included a raft and life jackets, which they made out of prison raincoats. Over 50 of them. Again, how did the guards not notice 50 raincoats go missing in a fairly short span of time? Even if it was several months, 50 raincoats is a lot of raincoats? Do you need a raincoat that often? Anyway, they stitched these together while working in the clothing shops and even vulcanized the rubber by holding them up to the hot steam that was coming from the pipes. They inflated the raft using a concertina, which is an instrument sort of like an accordion, where you expand and contract it to get the air out to make the music. Morris had requested it. I'm all for being able to have hobbies in prison, because I believe that prison should be about rehabilitation while also being a sort of punishment, but, like, I'm still baffled that no one suspected these dudes. They all wanted cells together in a particular cell block. West requested the blankets for his maintenance work. Fifty fucking raincoats go missing. Morris wants a concertina. Like, come on. Another tool they used to aid their escape were some dummy heads. It's not quite paper mache, but again, just stick with me, okay? They gathered things like soap and leftover concrete from their maintenance work and made these crude, creepy-as-fuck dummy heads. Clarence worked as a barber, so he got real human hair to attach to the heads. Seriously. That's gross and weird, but also sort of genius. 
I'll post pictures of the dummy heads on my socials because if I have to have nightmares about it, so do you. On June 11th, 1962, the men would make their escape. Around 10.30 p.m., they tucked their creepy dummy heads into their beds and went through the ventilation grates in their cells to meet up on the roof. Alan West never made it. He couldn't get through the grate. Sucks for him, considering he's apparently the one who came up with most of this. Morris and the Anglin brothers grabbed the rest of their tools and shimmied down a pipe on the outside of the building. They climbed the 15-foot fence that apparently had no razor wire on the top like you would expect at a prison, and made their way to the northern part of the island. The plan was to sail their makeshift raft to Angel Island, about two miles north of Alcatraz, and then across Raccoon Strait, which was about another half a mile, to the mainland, where they would presumably steal shit to get away. And then live the rest of their lives on the run? I don't know, man. Given the happy hour and how fucking lax the guards seem to be in general, Alcatraz doesn't seem so bad compared to looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life. The next morning, guards noticed the men were gone when one of them poked the dummy head, wanting to wake the guy up, and the head just fell off the bed. It has a cracked nose now, and I'm assuming is on display at Alcatraz. The prison immediately went into lockdown, and they began the search. But they never found them. So this is where the theories come in. Honestly, I think they probably died in their attempt, but let's hear the theory where they survived too. On the night of the escape, it was 54 degrees, and the water was a frigid 47 degrees. An experiment run by some Dutch scientists concluded that two of the men would have to keep the raft inflated, while only one had a paddle to row. Had West been there, they may have had another person to row, but maybe the raft would have deflated faster? I don't know. Not a scientist. According to science, if they fell into the water, or if the raft sank or whatever, they would have lost consciousness after about two hours. It would have been totally possible for them to swim to the mainland in that time, especially given the adrenaline rush and everything. In fact, there's a triathlon held around the same time every year that includes a swim to the island, and no one has ever failed it. There's a pretty famous photo that claims to depict the Anglin brothers in Brazil 13 years after the escape. A childhood friend of theirs just happened to be in Brazil and happened to walk into the bar where they were. I don't know, it seems kind of dubious to me and too much of a coincidence, you know? But hell, maybe it was them. The U.S. Marshals have looked at the photo and can't come to a firm conclusion, mostly because the men are wearing sunglasses. I also found an article with another photo claiming to be taken in Brazil in 1975, and the article states that facial recognition technology confirms it's John and Clarence. Which, again, I don't know. John and Clarence's brother on his deathbed confessed that there was no need to worry about John and Clarence because he had been in touch with them and they said they were okay. Apparently, at funerals for family and family friends, there would be two strangers, usually dressed as women, who would come and stand in the back and leave before everyone else and never talk to anyone. The theory is that this is John and Clarence paying their respects. There really isn't any word on what could have happened to Frank Morris. All of that said, on June 12, 1962, the day after they escaped, they found a single paddle near the coast of Angel Island. A few days later, they found a bag of raincoats. 
further searching provided two homemade life vests. Most confounding of all, in July of that year, a Norwegian shipping freighter saw a body floating about 20 miles from the Golden Gate Bridge. They didn't report it until the fall. Like, you can't pick up your radio and be like, uh, hey, yeah, there's a body over here. Does someone want to, like, come get it before some sharks decide to eat it or something? Needless to say, the body was never recovered. Who knows what happened to the three prisoners that managed to escape Alcatraz with such an insane yet clearly genius plan. We probably won't ever know, and that's okay. Life is more fun with a little mystery. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're back to the paranormal with some Texas urban legends. I'm from Texas, so you might get a lot of Texas-related content here, but I promise it'll be interesting. I mean, Texas urban legends include things like the chupacabra and the black-eyed children, and there's one fun one I'm going to tell from my hometown. So get ready to be scared of the dark for a bit. You can find me on Facebook at The Creepiest Sleepover on Twitter and Instagram at TCS underscore pod. Theme music is by Chris from Half Cab Studios. See you next week. Sleep tight.